Well, good morning, everybody. Love that you're here with us, Mission Life Church. Happy uh, Palm Sunday to you. Uh, love the fact that um, all, out of all the different options you could have in spending your Sunday morning, you're taking some time with us. If you're new especially, love the fact that you're here and um, excited about what we're going to be talking about today. I think it's really important and relevant for my life, and I'm sure and hope that it is for you as well. Well, we are Mission Life. Mission Life exists to help people find and follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world because we believe as people find Jesus and as we follow him, we become world changers. Not because of anything in ourselves, but because of what Jesus starts to do in our hearts and our lives. It starts to change everything. But that doesn't mean that we don't face trouble. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, so many times in my life when I encounter trouble... I can react in all kinds of different ways. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There are some times I overreact to trouble, and then there are some times where I underreact to trouble. How do you handle trouble? I know for me, uh, this past week, there's been obviously all kinds of challenges going on in our world and in our own lives and our own cities and our own homes. And uh, in light of everything, uh, one thing came up in my home yesterday, which was water started leaking from the backyard. And suddenly there's a pool of water in my backyard. I'm thinking, oh, it must have rained or something. And sure enough, my neighbor mentions to me, hey, do you see the water that's draining through the drainage thing? And I'm going, oh, wow, what, why is that? And he goes, I think there's a, a water leak. Did your pipe burst? And I'm thinking... Oh my goodness, this is the last thing I need right now. That was my immediate reaction. And just doom and dread, and I don't have time for this. There's so many other things going on. And, uh, and thankfully, sure enough, it wasn't a pipe that had burst in my backyard. It was something with our homeowners association that got resolved. But all that to say, how do we handle trouble? Sometimes we handle trouble really well. We, we respond courageously, we're patient, we're kind, we're thinking clearly. And other times, uh, if you're like me, you overreact, uh, you stress out, you start to be consumed with the trouble itself, and it actually takes us out. You know, in light of what's going on with our crisis in our country and even in our world, there are so many of us that are wondering, how do we deal with this stuff? How do we how do we work through these problems together? Well, BBC, some of the you know, brightest minds, they gathered together to say, how can we help people through this time of stress and worry and fear? How can we actually encourage them? How can we give them some tools to help them handle all this stress in the midst of the uncertainty and the fear that they're going through. And so here's a list of, of literally some of the brightest minds in psychology to help address some of the troubles. And so here's, here's a list. So the first one that they said was this, is you need to distract yourself. That's the first thing you need to do. You need to find a way to distract yourself from the trouble that you're facing right now. That will be a way in which you can handle it. The second way they said is if you meditate, it might actually not work for everyone. So they're saying, hey, you can go ahead and meditate, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily that's mean that's perfect for everybody to help work through their trouble. The third thing they said was, you've got to reframe the situation. You've got you to gotta think differently about your situation. So they cited an example about, let's say you're playing tennis, and you show up to a tennis match, and you, you just think, okay, 
you know, I've got to win this thing or I'm done. You know, I'm going to the championship game or whatever, and I've got to win it all. And so they say maybe a better way to think about it is to say I'm going to play my best because if you play your best – you're going to kind of reduce the, the, the perception of the cost if you lose. So reframe the situation. That'll help you deal with your trouble is what they say. Number four, they said, don't obsess over being positive or happy. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to, to kind of pump yourself up to try and find happiness or positivity in the midst of it. You want to be honest and real about the situation. Number five, smoke it, focus on the small things. Look at the little things that you can take pleasure in and enjoy those things in the midst of your trouble. Uh, six, clean up. <laughs> some of us are like, no, thank you. Or some of us are like, absolutely, it's time to clean up. It's time to go through it. But one of the things they said in this article was that some people who actually struggle with hoarding, they need the comfort of those things. So again, they kind of step back a little bit and say, not clean up for everybody. Number seven, and I think we all get this, balance your social media consumption. We take in so much inputs, positive, negative. We've got to make sure that we're getting enough good inputs with all the negative inputs. And then lastly, they said, the last thing you can do to handle your stress and your worry and your trouble is to get out of town. <laughs> That's right. Leave. No, their idea is you know what? If you go ahead and see a little blue sky, if you get outside your home and you go somewhere and you're out in nature, even if it's just 20 to 30% more blue sky, it actually shows scientifically that you will feel a little bit better. I mean, it's this, I know, aren't you glad you guys came Sunday morning to hear all this? I know, BBC, you guys. But seriously, think about that. These are some of the brightest minds in psychology that are coming together to say, how do we deal with trouble? Here's eight suggestions that we recommend, which is fascinating. Jesus says something very different. Now, I don't know where you're at with Jesus. I don't, I don't know what you think about Jesus, whether you're coming back to Jesus, whether you're skeptical about Jesus. Uh, wherever you're at with Jesus, I just want to say, I love the fact that you're here. God cares deeply about where you're at and where I'm at when we face our troubles. And Jesus has a very different way of answering this question of how to handle the troubles that we face in our life. And so today, I love the fact that you're here. I love the fact that we're going to hear a little bit different answer to the question of how to handle our troubles in a way that doesn't require our own self-effort or psychological exercises. But for those who actually attach themselves to Jesus, for those who start to follow Jesus, they can find that Jesus can do things in our life and in our hearts that help us actually triumph over the troubles we face. And so we've been in this series called I Am. And the reason why we've been in this series, I Am, is because Jesus says seven times in the book of John, I am, and then he reveals an aspect of his true identity, his calling, his nature. And what's fascinating about these I am statements found in the book of John, there's seven of them, is it reveals how God wants to answer some of our deepest human needs. And so last week we talked about I am, and we talked about the, um, oh my gosh, I'm just blanking on it. I am the way, no, today is I am the way, the truth, and the life. But what was that? I am the good shepherd was last week. That's right. Um, so join us, if you would, 
Open up your Bibles to John chapter 13. If you don't have a Bible, what we're going to do is you can go ahead and follow along on the screen, or we actually have a digital bulletin for you. So if you go to uversion.com and you look up events, you can actually click on Mission Life. You'll find our bulletin right there. You can follow along that way. But we're looking at John chapter 13, verse 33 and following. And today we're going to look at how Jesus wants us and equips us to triumph over our troubles because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's dive in together. So, a little bit of background. John chapter 13, Jesus has announced his departure from his disciples. He's basically saying, I'm leaving. I'm about to go somewhere. And that instantly is causing a lot of trouble in their hearts because they're afraid. They're thinking, wait a minute, you've just spent three years with us. You're you're supposed to set up God's kingdom And we're supposed to rule and reign with you. We're supposed to be a part of this. We're following you because we've been trusting in you. We've seen the things that you have said and done. And we believe that you are from God. We believe that you are God's deliverer and Messiah, that you have come to make all things new. What do you mean you're leaving? They're stressed out. I know for many of us, when we feel troubled or anxiety or stress, it's because we feel isolated. We feel abandoned. We feel disconnected. And right away, Jesus knows that they're going to be feeling this way, and he wants to comfort them in this time. And so the first thing that we recognize, if you're taking notes, is this, is that Jesus admits right away that we all experience trouble. We all experience trouble. Notice what he says in John 13, verse 33. Children, I'm with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. Lord, Simon Peter said to him, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now. You will follow later. So Jesus is giving them a heads up. I know what's about to happen is going to stress you out, but you need to know I'm coming back. You're going to follow me later, but just know this, I'm coming back for you. And the reality is we all experience trouble. We're going to experience trouble. That word trouble is very interesting because not only is it all over the place in the book of John where Jesus is trying to affirm and comfort, but Jesus himself experiences trouble. This isn't something that's unique to just us. Jesus himself was troubled. He was troubled uh, in, in front of Lazarus's tomb. He, he was troubled as he was preparing for the crucifixion. He was troubled as he was anticipating his betrayal by Judas Iscariot. So Jesus himself is experiencing trouble. And so the question then is, well, Jesus, why don't you take your own advice then? I mean, you're feeling troubled, right? Well, notice what, what he says in John 14.1, and we realize we have a choice of how to deal with trouble. We have a choice of how to actually deal with trouble. And Jesus makes it very clear. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, you have a choice whether you want to be troubled or not. It's like, wait a minute. How is that possible? I I thought that when troubles happen, they just happen and I just react to them. No, Jesus says, no, they're going to happen. We all experience them. But you actually have power to do something about it. You have a choice. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, right now, I know for whoever's watching, 
you're troubled right now. There's some of us, you're, you're facing troubles, you're afraid, you're stressed, you're worried. It could be what's going on right now with COVID crisis. It, it could be a relationship issue. It could be the financial strain that is weighing you down right now. We all experience trouble. And Jesus is saying to us, with me, don't let your heart be troubled. Okay, great. Jesus, thank you for that. That's great. How, how do I do that exactly? Now, he talks about this thing called the heart, and for those of us who aren't familiar with this, the heart just represented in the Hebrew mind the, the, the will and the emotions, kind of the whole person. And Jesus is saying you have a choice whether or not to let yourself be troubled at all, and I'm going to show you why. So Jesus wants to equip you and me to triumph over our troubles, and let's look at how to do that. The first thing to do is this, is to choose faith in God, not in your ability. Choose faith in God, not in your ability. Notice what Jesus says in John 14, 1, second part of the verse. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, Jesus is the Son of God. But Jesus knows where his disciples are at in their faith journey with him. And he says to them, hey, believe in God, God the Father, my Father. But also believe in me. Trust me. Place your faith in me. In other words, when you feel trouble strike, you have a choice of whether or not to trust in me or not. Now, I don't know about you. My tendency when I face trouble, like I said before, is to underreact or overreact. And the reason why I do that is because I'm trusting in my own ability. I'm trusting in circumstances. I'm trusting in what I think is true and not true. I've got a narrative that's playing in my head. And I'm thinking, okay, in light of that narrative, this is how I'm going to react to this trouble. And what Jesus is saying is, look, you've got to believe in me. Trust me in this. So oftentimes we want to worry rather than worship. It's so natural for us to do, and Jesus is trying to help them understand what's coming and to prepare themselves that as they encounter trouble, they can turn to him. Now, what's fascinating is this, is that when you think about it, how many of the things that we worry about actually come to pass? I mean, the things that we stay up at night, the things that we are freaking out about or that we can't take our mind off. How many of those narratives actually come about? Well, they actually did a study on something very similar to this, and they said all these people are stressed out about all these kinds of things, and the study came up with this. 9% of the time, 9% of the time, did those worries actually come to pass? So 91% of the time that we worry, that we are stressed out, that we are going crazy, doesn't even come to pass. Jesus knows that we will tend to worry and stress out. And the problem is when we are troubled like that and we allow uh, to be enslaved to stress and fear, it takes us out. It actually hinders our ability to think clearly. It hinders our ability to treat people around us with love and care and concern and service. I know for me, man, when I am stressed out, I am taken out. And Jesus doesn't want that for us. He says, I want you to choose to believe in me. Now, a couple years ago, uh, I was out in Park City, Utah, taking my family on a great vacation. My daughter, Autumn, my oldest, was getting really comfortable with riding a bike, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to push her. I'm gonna, we're going to go on this bike ride. It's going to be amazing, and um, it's going to be a little bit farther than she's ever gone before, which is going to be okay. And in addition, there's a little bit of some hills here, but at the end of it, it'll be a great reward. We're going to be ending at Starbucks, and she loves cake pops, so let's make this happen. So sure enough, we go out, start going on this bike ride, and as you can imagine— 
you know, she's riding along going, this is great. I love this. It's so fun. And then sure enough, daddy, I'm tired. Can we stop? I'm like, okay, we can stop. We can take a break. And she's like, how much longer? It's like, it's just around the little way, you know, it's going to be fine. I'm like, okay, we keep going. We keep going. Okay. It's getting a little harder. The hill is getting a little bit intense and she's getting frustrated. And so she's like, daddy, can we just turn back? And I'm like, no, we can't turn back, but we can rest. And we're doing this right. Just every little bit of the way kind of make. And finally she just stops and she starts crying. She's like, daddy, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. Why are we doing this? And it's like, honey, I'm so proud of you. You've got, look at how far you've come. And I know it's hard, but you're doing so great. You wouldn't have done this without us doing this together. And so calms down, keeps going. Eventually we make it there. So oftentimes in our life, as we face trouble, we're going to need to continue to place our trust and our faith in God, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we don't know the end of the journey, even though we don't know the outcome. Faith is a process. I love this out of Hebrews 11.1. It says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. See, faith isn't blind. Faith places trust in someone who can actually deliver on their promises. And Jesus has revealed to the disciples over and over again that he's trustworthy. That even though that they're not going to see him, that he is at work on their behalf, even though they don't fully get it and understand it. But it's going to be a process and a journey of faith. And for some of us in here it's time to turn back to Jesus and say, I'm going to trust you in this. I don't get it. I don't, I don't like it, but I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. Jesus wants us to worship, not worry. The second thing is to remember no trouble can stop your destiny. No trouble can stop your destiny. Jesus wants to help his disciples understand no trouble can stop your destiny. Look at John 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and take you to myself so that where I am you may also be. Man, there's something powerful about knowing you have a reservation to a fantastic destination. When you know you have a reservation at a fantastic destination, it changes our ability to go through stuff, doesn't it? Uh, on the other hand, have you ever made plans to go on a vacation or to go visit that special someone and they forgot or they misplaced your reservation and suddenly now they, they put you over here in the corner where that, that, that room that nobody really wants to be in and it's being renovated and it's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's like there's a huge difference when someone says, no, no, I have a reservation for you. I'm so excited. I'm preparing the place for you. It's going to be amazing. There's a sense of joy and anticipation and excitement. And even when we run into like logistical problems or issues or troubles, we'll still find a way to make it through because we know ultimately where we're going is going to be amazing. On the other hand, when we know that the place where we're going is no guarantee or people don't follow through or they don't make you feel valuable and loved and worthy, etc. When you run into any kind of challenge to get to that destination, how motivated are you to push through? 
Okay, no thanks. Guess we're not going, right? That's not happening. Jesus is telling his disciples, he's saying, look, where I'm going right now is for your benefit in a way that you cannot even possibly imagine how awesome it's going to be. And in the Hebrew understanding, the word father's house represented the tabernacle or the temple. This was the place where God's manifest presence would dwell. And only priests were allowed to be there to intercede on behalf of the people. No one can approach a holy God without proper sacrifices, without being atoned for, without having a substitute to take on the sin of a broken and fallen person. So Jesus is saying something about being in the presence of God the Father. Jesus is saying, remember, man, no trouble that you face in this life can touch your destiny. When you're attached to me, says Jesus, I've got you. I've got you. I think for me, as I I reflect upon that, why is that so significant? Because it gives us perspective. See, you and I, if you're anything like me, when we face trouble, all we're trying to do is get out of it. How do we get out of this mess? How do we get out of this stress and worrisome situation, our financial situation, that relational conflict, the COVID crisis and the uncertainty behind it? How are we going to get out of this? And we are just looking for any kind of way to get out of it. But man, when, when we understand that there is this Jesus who knows we're going to face these kind of issues. When we're able to place our faith in him and remember he's secured a destiny for us forever that no trouble on earth can touch, what does that do for us? It gives us perspective. We're able to see that trouble in the context of a bigger picture. It allows us to step back and and not, you know, not go, hey, there, there's no problems. There's problems. But to be able to have perspective about that problem in the context of what he sees about it. For some of us, maybe this is a great reminder. You know, so why Jesus? I mean, can't we get comfort from Buddha, Allah, Oprah Winfrey? Why can't I just get comfort anywhere? Because of Jesus' unique identity, because of Jesus' unique power, because of Jesus' unique promises. Next, we're supposed to follow Jesus because he triumphs over our greatest trouble. So, choose to believe and follow. Remember what he's doing in securing your destiny. But the next thing is to follow this Jesus Why? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Notice what it says in verse 4. You know the way where I'm going, says Jesus to his disciples. Verse 5, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the exclusive way. You know, for many of us, this whole COVID crisis is... um, it's really worrisome and it's frustrating and it's bizarre what we're going through right now. And we're just trying to take our next step, right? 
And in the midst of it, we're, we're praying for our country. We're praying for our leaders. We're, we're, we're stepping, even some of us, we're stepping out to serve other people in the appropriate way, which is phenomenal. But what are we all longing for? We're all longing for a cure. We're, we're longing for an exclusive solution to this virus. And yet when it comes to the, our spiritual needs, when it comes to our, what's called sin in our life, the thing that keeps us disconnected from God and living in light of the great life that God has, I think it's very easy for us to think, well, you know, this will work over here, or this will work over here, and I'll just follow this guy or that gal or whatever. I'll do my own thing. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 I'm trying to help you understand something. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm the only road to a proper relationship with God. I'm the only one with the unique credentials to actually solve the problem. I'm the one who understands how you can have your sin forgiven in a proper relationship with God as he always has desired for you to have. It's in me. And this is so comforting. It's not out there. You don't have to stress anymore about looking at all these different places. It's in him. And so even in the midst of our troubles, it's very easy for us to still take control and say, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it my way. And maybe Jesus, for some of us, is saying, no, no, I want you to follow me through it. I want you to follow me and how I operate in the midst of trouble. I want you to trust in me because I'm the one who takes care of your greatest trouble. See, what's so powerful about this, you guys, is this, is that Jesus is leaving to go solve humanity's greatest problem, even when they weren't fully aware of how to deal with it. They thought, okay, it's got to be this way. It's the temple. It's sacrifices. Jesus is saying, no, no, God is operating in a whole new way so that more and more people can know about his kindness and his love to be restored into my kingdom and to thrive as the human beings that I designed them to be. And Jesus is taking care of that in anticipation of our greatest needs. I love that. I mean, I, I need that. And so when we place hope in ourselves, the government, our own ability, other people to solve those kind of troubles and help us get us through, there is definitely some benefit to those things. Absolutely. But Jesus wants us to triumph over our troubles, and this is what I want to leave you with. Trouble is temporary. Triumph is eternal. Trouble is temporary. Triumph is eternal. When we have Jesus, we have that perspective. We have that understanding. And whatever we're going through in life, no matter how challenging or difficult it is, whatever's stressing us out, when we remember that trouble is temporary and triumph is eternal because of what Jesus has done on our behalf, it allows us the capacity to overcome our troubles. It doesn't mean that it's all going to go away. It just means that we know ultimately God is with us, he's for us, and he will take care of us. I love this. What's the result of that? John 16, verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. You're going to have suffering. You're going to go through hard times. It's a part of life. It's part of the broken and the fullness of the world that I'm trying to restore And I'm in the process of doing that one life at a time. But what's the result? That you would have peace. 
And so what does Jesus say to his disciples? Be courageous. (laughs) Be brave. Stand firm. Don't run away from trouble. Walk right through it. Why? Because Jesus says, I've already conquered the world. I've conquered the greatest enemy of human brokenness and trouble, and it's sin and death. It's separation from God for all eternity. I've solved that for you. Would you place your faith in me about that? Would you trust me in that? Would you allow me to give you the perspective you need? Now, some of us are thinking, okay, Aaron, really, Jesus, the only way? Well, let me just throw you a couple other scriptures up. I'll just run through these really quickly. Why Jesus? Because he's the chosen one. Because he's the one that God has chosen, his own son, to come and make this possible. He is the only one who's ascended into heaven. He is the perfect sacrifice. He lived a sinless life. He walked perfectly obedient to God the Father. And then he's the fulfillment of God's plan. And there's so many other scriptures about this. Jesus is the only one. So let me ask you this. What if Jesus isn't just another emotional crutch? What if Jesus isn't just another on a spectrum of things to believe in? What if Jesus actually has the power and the capacity to meet you right where you're at right now and help you take another step to see him triumph over whatever trouble you face. So what does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? What do we do in light of this? Well, I think the outline makes it very clear. The first thing we need to do is we need to choose to have faith. We can choose to have faith in something else rather than Jesus. Some of us right now, the reason why we're so stressed and uncertain about our life, about our our situation, about our finances, or all the things that are coming is because we're choosing to worry about things that are really outside of our own control. We're placing our faith in those kinds of things to be resolved. And as important as those things are, and I want you to know I care deeply about you and about what you're going through right now, I I think this is really powerful for us, all of us, me as well, to remember I can choose to worry or I can choose to worship. Jesus knows worship in the midst of Difficulty is hard. That's why it's a choice. And it doesn't mean we don't um, belittle reality. It just means that, man, we start to change our perspective because we're trusting in Jesus rather than that thing to come through in the way that only he can. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't mean that when we obey him and follow him, it's going to work out how we want it to. But we have to trust in the fact that he knows where we're going. It's like me with my daughter, Autumn, on that bike ride. Trust me. I know it's hard. I know you don't see the curve in the road. I know you don't know how much longer, but trust me in this. For some of us, we need to, again, choose Jesus over whatever else we're worrying about. For others of us, it's to remember. We need to remember that we have a home that is secure with God forever. Our destiny is secure. Some of us, we've forgotten that, and we're not having the perspective we need to address our problem or to move through our problem. Some of us need to remember, lastly, some of us might need to follow. You know, when we hit trouble, we say, yeah, Jesus, absolutely, absolutely. But we're not obeying Jesus in the midst of that trouble. 
And what's happening is it's impacting the people around us. It's impacting our own heart. It's, it's actually taking us out, even though in name we're claiming Jesus. Some of us, we need to follow Jesus. How would Jesus want me to respond in light of this situation? When we get stressed, when we get anxious, I know for me, I'm not really a great guy to be around. When I'm fearful, when I'm afraid, I usually take it out on my spouse. I take it out on my kids. I take it out on myself. But what does that do? It keeps me from responding to whatever trouble I'm facing in a way that's healthy and beautiful and honoring to Christ. Some of us, maybe we need to obey Jesus. And the thing that we're afraid about is we're afraid that the outcome isn't going to be what we want it to be. But this, again, is an act of faith. Trust me. I want to show you something about my goodness and my love, and it might take a little bit of time. For some of us, we might need to grow in our own character to trust in God to do things only he can do. I know we want trouble to go away, but what happens is is God doesn't want us to settle for a shallow kind of peace. A shallow kind of peace is going, okay, good, the trouble's resolved. Great. Oh, that's awesome. So glad. What's the problem, though? More trouble's coming, you guys. It doesn't stop. God is wanting to build in us a character of perseverance and endurance to trust him in the midst of that. Why? Because he wants his church, his people, to respond to trouble with courage and bravery. That's why I'm so proud of our church. I'm so proud of all of these churches that are stepping up in the response of the crisis to say, we're going to serve in the midst of of COVID-19. We're going to serve and love and show up. So that's why I love our outreach team with Live Out Love. You know, we want to help. If you need help, you hop on our website, go to our outreach website page in the serve area. There's ways in which we can give you help. And if you want to help, it's a great way to step in and start to help the people around it. That's what happens. That's what you do when we understand that we can triumph over our trouble. Lastly, for any of us who are skeptical about Jesus, we've been exploring Jesus, and maybe time it's time for you to say, I'm going to give Jesus a try. And if that's you, I'm so proud of you. You don't have to have it all figured out. Stay with us on this journey this week. Join us for Good Friday service. Join us for Easter. Fill out a Connect card. If you've got questions, we would love to follow up with you about that. Maybe it's time for you to say, okay, Jesus, I don't have it all figured out, man, but you are pretty compelling. You say you are the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe just pray the simple prayer and say, Jesus, I want to give you a try. Would you help me in that, Jesus? Would you help me to know you more and to trust you? Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that you are fully aware of the trouble that we feel right now. Thank you that you have come to bring us comfort. You've come to bring us clarity. You've come to solve our greatest problem of sin. God, left to our own devices, when we face trouble, we easily run to our own ways to solve our problem. And we know, not only from all the illustrations and examples throughout Scripture, but even in our own life, when we try to solve problems on our own, 
it never quite delivers. There's only so much human wisdom, human resources, human capacity can solve. Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. You are the embodiment of reality, of a proper relationship with God. You are the source of new life, abundant life that we can have with you because you come in and you regenerate our hearts. You, you make all things new, but we've got to come to you for it. We've got to ask. We've got to continue to place our faith in you. So God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for your love. Would you meet us where we're at to take our next step? In Jesus' name, amen.